you get that sure word of God, acting on that word, that strategy that's birthed in the prayer room, the Holy Ghost can unfoil, undo, totally decimate and destroy every well-planned tactic of the enemy. Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we have Pastor Jason Tanksley with us. Pastor Jason began his ministry after training and serving under his spiritual father, Apostle Ryan Lestrange. I'm sure many in our audience know who Ryan is. And Jason now leads iHub, which is Impact Revival Hub. It's a church in Bristol, Virginia, as well as JTM, Jason Tanksley Ministries. So I understand, Jason, that you are a constant student of leadership. Why is that? Yeah, Chris, that is correct. You know, I've learned that to be a leader, that you never outgrow the study of leadership. So I'm always trying to sharpen my skills and keep my edge sharp. Absolutely. Well, uh, you would fit in very well around here because our publisher, Dr. Green, is very high on leadership. And that's a good thing. So I understand you've written this book called Tactical, Exposing Demonic Strategies, and you talk a lot about spiritual warfare. Uh, tell me, um, you connect spiritual warfare to physical warfare, which made me wonder if you have a military background. I do, and that's actually how this book came about. Uh, I was deployed to Iraq in 2003. And a few years after returning home, the Lord really began to speak to me and show me a parallel between natural warfare and spiritual warfare and how so many of the tactics that we are taught are employed by demons in spiritual attack. I see. Well, what service were you in? Uh, well, the first time at a high school, I'm in the Marine Corps and did some time there. After that, I spent a couple years as a civilian and then went to the Army. So it was during my time in the Army as a paratrooper that I was uh, in Iraq. Oh, I see. So you have plenty of experience from the different services then. Yes, ma'am. And how do you find it as a pastor now? You know, I really believe that my training in the military has tremendously helped me in leadership and serving other people and training other people. And it really has been just a phenomenal tool that I can pull from when I approach difficult circumstances when I counsel people on different things, and of course, when we encounter spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. Well, anyone who knows anything about warfare knows there's a physical element and a mental or emotional element. How do those two relate as well as spiritual warfare you, t you talk about in this book? You know, I think they relate very well. There, there is such a strong parallel you know, in, in warfare, in natural warfare, your your body is put under duress, your mind, your emotions are put under pressure, and you encounter things that you're not quite sure how to deal with. Now, a phrase that we're all commonly familiar with is that, you know, your training takes over. And I found that in natural combat that our training would take over, the drills, the things we, you know, constantly practice. And then I find the same to be true in spiritual warfare, that if we live a life uh, subject to the training, subject to the training in the Word of God, subject to the training in, in the prayer and, and fasting and worship, that those things can kick in when attacks do come our way spiritually. Mm -hmm. 
I thought it was interesting that you talked, when you talked about like the mental side of things, that you talked about how um, we can sometimes feel foggy in our mind, or we can have thoughts that are introduced to us by Satan or his demons. Uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. In natural combat, there is a terminology called the fog of war, and this occurs during intense pressure. And, you know, it's a time to where confusion can set in, to where you're not sure where the enemy's at. You're not sure who is friend or foe. And you become very confused, confused by the chaos, by the noise, by the fear, by the adrenaline. And this is a, a tactic that demons also use. You know, in, in natural combat, it is often during the fog of war that we encounter friendly fire. Friendly fire is when you, you're you engaging a friend and not a foe, and then you can shoot you know someone on the same side as you. I see this happen a lot of times in spiritual warfare. An enemy will come in, bring in doubt, confusion, fear, anxiety, chaos, all these things. And instead of combating the enemy, we end up dividing the body of Christ. We end up fighting people should we be praying for. We end up in a state of confusion and a state of a fog of war, in a sense, spiritually. And it can really hinder our progress and hinder our victory. So we have some Christian-on-Christian battles and we have some divisions in the church. Unfortunately, and a lot of this is obviously demonically inspired. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8, it talks about what to keep our mind on. And it's so important that when we're under attack, that we're understanding what comes into our mind, what permits our thoughts, what we give attention to, and what we dispel. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe your purpose in writing this was to help people find victory. How do you think this knowing about demonic strategies will help people find that victory in their lives? You know, Chris, this book almost never happened. I sat on it for about three years. I did some teaching on it here and there. And every time I did teaching, there would be a positive response. And I really hesitated on the book because there are phenomenal works out there on demonology, on spiritual warfare, and I thought, what do I have to bring to the table? And then as I started getting more testimonies in, I realized that this book is unique. And as you said, the heart behind it is to help people. So as people begin to understand uh, the practicalities of how demons operate, you know, for instance, there's a chapter in the book called Spiritual Ambush, and it deals with uh, the connection between what a physical ambush looks like in natural warfare and a spiritual ambush that takes place when everything's going our way, things seem to be okay, but then suddenly it seems like chaos ensues. You know, that particular chapter I've received so many testimonies about because people have begun to realize what I'm encountering is a spiritual ambush. They were able to put a word picture with it. They was able to see an illustration and able to identify how the enemies at work in their lives. You know, the Bible tells us that we should not be ignorant of the enemy's devices. One translation says tactics or strategies. So when we begin to expose, unmask, and uncover how demons operate, we can show a physical illustration of how to fight our way out of that and then bring that parallel to the Spirit. I've seen people gain tremendous victory. Mm-hmm. Now, what is one of the greatest weapons or some of the greatest weapons that the enemy uses against believers? You know, there are several, but I just want to touch on, I think, one of the greatest right now is the war on unity. Now, we alluded to this a minute ago when we talked about friendly fire. You know, in 
the military, before they teach you how to fire a weapon, before they teach you hand-to-hand combat, the first thing they teach you is how to walk in step with those in your platoon. So you will march and march and march until you can all march in unity. And the same is true in the spirit that I'm so thankful for the great prophetic teaching out there. I'm thankful for the amazing topics that we're discussing in the body of Christ, but there is an absolute war on unity. You know, one of the tactics that an enemy will use in combat is they will try to bring confusion or division among a unit because a unit is only as strong as its its, uh, unity. And so what happens is when the enemy, when the devil can come into a church, can come into a family, can come into a ministry and cause division, well, what happens? Then we have trust issues. We have uh, issues with progression, issues with making momentum, because instead of advancing the kingdom, we're bickering. Instead of advancing the kingdom, instead of preaching the gospel, we're at war with one another. So I think one of the greatest tactics, one of the most dangerous tactics that I've seen is the war on unity. And that's the demonic tactic to destroy the body of Christ from within. Well, have you ever experienced victory while the people around you experience attacks? That's one of the things that you talk about. It's really interesting that, you know, we can be living in victory and we look around and, you know, our family members or friends are really undergoing some serious attacks. Absolutely. There's a phrase we're all familiar with, and it's called shoot to kill. But there's another phrase that is less common, and it's called shoot to wound. This is an actual tactic used in warfare, and the reason that we might shoot someone to wound them is because you don't just take one person out of the fight by neutralizing the enemy. You can take three or four because now someone has to assist and treat the wounded person. Another person has to carry their gear and their weapon. So now you've taken three guns or three shooters out of the fight. So we see this in the spirit as well. Uh, There's times I've been under intense warfare and then encounter breakthrough encounter victory and chris it seems like almost immediately those around me start getting hit what's happening it's indirect fire okay so we must understand that just because the attack is not hitting you directly does not mean the attack is not directed at you because what happens is when i get breakthrough and the enemy realizes okay that did not work i'm going to hit his family I'm going to hit their friends. I'm going to hit their church. And every every person, once this light turns on, can see this at work in their lives. So then we pull off of our assignment, or we may slow down, or we may lose momentum, because now we have to tend to the wounded in our lives. And we see this same thing in Scripture, where you know where Satan failed at tempting Jesus. So then he began to use Peter. He used Peter to try to talk him out of the cross. He began to use the Pharisees and the religious leaders to try to distract him. So when the attack did not work against Jesus, Satan started using those around him. That's indirect fire. And all of these things tie into leadership, don't they? I mean, we've got momentum going forward, and then we have attacks and disunity, and that uh, that brings up the call to leadership for sure. Absolutely. You know, one of the strengths of leadership— uh, that is essential, and this applies to ministry, this applies to business, this applies to family, is the ability to pull out the situation, 
see it from the outside within and develop a strategy and a plan. This is why generals in the military are not on the combat zone because they need to see from a different angle. Hmm. And how can the individual Christian in battle increase his chances of spiritual victory? You know, for the individual believer, I believe it is, again, a parallel to the individual soldier. Uh, the individual soldier must keep himself physically fit. He must have proper nutrition. He must be familiar with his weapon. He must know how to engage the enemy. He must know how to treat himself and others should an injury occur. The same is true, again, a parallel in the spirit. So for an individual believer, we must be familiar with our weapon. What is our weapon? Our weapon, of course, is the Word of God. Our weapon is the prophetic word or the rainbow word spoken over us. The Bible tells us that it's with that rainbow word that we wage war against the enemy. Our weapons are prayer. Prayer is how you fire back at the enemy, through intercession. Okay, Our weapons are fellowship with other believers because there's strength in numbers. You know, The Bible tells us that one can put a thousand in flight, but two, ten thousand. So we stay in fellowship with other believers. This is why the enemy tries to isolate us for the kill. Uh, so we, we stay in prayer. We stay in communion with the Lord. We stay in a, in a place of worship. You know, and I want to say this, Chris, in, in natural combat, before you go on an operation, before you go on a mission, uh, there's what's called an operation order. This is where they gather the team together. They show them how the battle is supposed to take place, how you infiltrate, how you exfil, what you do during the mission. You know, this, this is also true in the spirit. Where do we get our operation order? Where do we get our marching orders? Where do we get the strategy for the battle? We get it in the prayer room. We get it when we fellowship with other believers. We get it when we fast, when we pray, when we go to church. We get it from the Word of God. It's from these things that we are see our strategy. We keep ourselves mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally strong, and it's from there that we advance the kingdom. And I think that accountability with other believers can help with this type of strategy. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, accountability is key because there are no renegades. There are no lone rangers. We are in this together. I think more so now than at any other time, it's important that we as believers are transparent, that we have people we can reach out to. We have people that we can uh, help hold us accountable, people that we will help hold accountable, because there there is so much strength in the truth of accountability. And accountability exposes our weakness. You know, one thing that in the military that we encountered is before we went to war, we all want to know that the person to our left and to our right were strong enough. But they weren't maybe dealing with something back home that would distract them. So it's through accountability through these things that we keep each other strong, we keep each other in check, and we run together as one. The, you know, you talked a lot about strategy, and I, I think that a lot of believers don't think about going into the prayer room to understand strategy and the way forward in battle. Um, but I love this quote from your book, the most well-planned strategy of the enemy can be foiled by the power of the Holy Ghost. Could you unpack that for us? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, you see throughout the Word of God times where the enemy was attacking and you didn't know or could not see in the natural. How are we going to get through this? One example that comes to mind is David at Ziglag. 
And so David comes to Ziglag. The camp is burned. Uh, the people are kidnapped. David's on men are ready to stone him. What does David do? Now, in the natural, we're going to be upset. We're going to want to give up. We're going to want to walk in defeat. But David said, I need a word from the Lord. So David went to the Lord and got a word that he was able to war with. He got a strategy from the Spirit of God. And the Lord told him, you shall pursue, and surely without fail you will recover all. So this is one example of many to where in the natural Everything seemed adverse and impossible, but one word from the Spirit of God shifted the outcome, and it's acting on that word. And listen, this is in spite of what it looks like. When you get that sure word of God acting on that word, that strategy, this birth in the prayer room, the Holy Ghost can unfold, undo, totally decimate and destroy every well-planned tactic of the enemy. Wow, we really have an advocate in the Holy Ghost, don't we? Absolutely. I'm so thankful for that. Well, you said that uh, this teaching has really impacted and ministered to people. How about you? Uh, Can you give some type of personal example for how you've learned uh, this battle strategy in your own walk? Absolutely. You know, when the Lord began to speak and show me these parallels, Uh, I realized that this was a teaching that people needed because I was seeing those those around me encounter certain things, and I was able to identify because I was not in the situation what they were going through. But what happened, Chris, is I began to write these things down. As I began to explore and study and get revelation on these tactics, it really helped me identify things in my life. So, for instance— you know, there was a particular situation in my family with a child of mine and going through just some in, intense personal things. Uh, they had surrounded themselves with the wrong people, and they were, if you will, in the fog of war, a lot of emotional turmoil, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of confusion. But me being on the outside looking in and seeing what was transpiring, I was able to pray. I was able to combat this in the spirit. I was able to reveal, identify, expose the enemy for what they were doing and see victory. And do you know that 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 child, though it was difficult for them, they walked through it and they begin to see the goodness of God. They begin to see how the enemy works and God brought healing to their hearts. So it's essential that for us as believers that we can begin to understand these tactics, not just for those around us, but so that we can keep ourselves guarded, keep ourselves protected, and keep ourselves walking in victory. Excellent. Well, I wonder, Jason, if you would like to pray for our listeners who are going through spiritual warfare right now. Would you say a prayer for the say a prayer for them? Absolutely, Father. We thank you that your word says that no weapon formed will prosper. God, you did not say that weapons won't be formed. You said they will not prosper. So, Holy Spirit, I think that you begin to speak to these people that are in the midst of intense attack, that are right in the middle of adversity and opposition, that may feel like all hope is gone, that may feel like there is no natural way to win. Father, I pray that you begin to reveal the tactics of the enemy, that you unmask these demonic strategies. God, I pray for a rekindling of the flame inside of them. Holy Spirit, I pray 
that you begin to undo, unfoil, decimate, and destroy every tactic of the enemy against their finances, against their family, against their ministries, against their health, against their mind, against their church. God, we say that every arrow aimed at them will fall fruitless in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's a powerful prayer. Thank you for that. So we've been talking about the book Tactical, Exposing Demonic Strategies. If people want to get that ebook, where can they get it? They can go to my website, jasontanksley.com, and it's also available on Amazon for Kindle. Just type in Tactical, Exposing Demonic Strategies. Okay. So uh, let me spell your last name, and that's T-A-N-K-S-L-E-Y. Interesting. There's a tank in there, Jason. <laughs> yes, I was always went by tank in the military. That was my name from day one. <laughs> oh, that was your nickname, huh? Okay. Yes. And then your church is uh, impactrevivalhub.com, correct? That's correct. That's for iHub. So jasontanksley.com. Thank you, Jason, today for joining us on Charisma Connection. Anything else you would like to leave us with uh, with regard to spiritual warfare? You know, I just want to encourage the listeners that regardless of what you are going through, that you are going to go through it all the way to the other end. I realize that in the midst of the battle that things may seem dark and bleak. I want to encourage you, reach out to people to, that will pray for you. Don't isolate yourself. You know, seek out the counsel and the Word of God and keep your eyes looking forward. Though you may be in a time of testing and trial and tribulation right now, I encourage you that you will walk in complete testimony. Keep your eyes forward. Ah, that's good encouragement and advice. So thank you for joining us today on Charisma Connection, Jason. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. And listeners, be sure to check out our other shows on the Charisma Podcast Network at cpnshows.com. It's a growing variety of podcasts, including Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles. And I understand that's just starting season three. So tune in through CPN Shows or wherever you get your podcast. And join us next time for another episode of Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 